Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast. It's June, Wiz, and uh, mandatory workouts are, uh, I guess, getting underway uh, around the NFL. How are you doing, Wiz? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, under 100 days until uh, NFL kickoff on opening night Thursday, and uh, I think that for, for most drafts, we're probably... Uh, less than three months away from uh, sitting down for our draft, so uh, it'll be upon us quicker than people think, and uh, hope people are paying attention and following it, and um, gonna, uh, we're going to try and guide them as best we can as it gets closer to the season. Uh, and, and on that, Wiz, uh, you know, today, we, today we're going to do a podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about three quarterbacks uh, that are kind of looking at what we, Wiz and I think are probably in, in, in a situation where they're in their uh, make or break stage of their career. Uh, you know, we may talk about a, a couple other guys, but I, I, I can't be remiss from, from mentioning the Deshaun Watson situation, Wiz, and, and you know, bef- not that we're going to get heavily involved in this, but, you know, the, the more I look at this situation, uh, the, every single day, the headlines, they change. I, I just struggle to see a situation where Deshaun Watson's playing football this year. Yeah, it's a, tr- it's a tricky one. I know, you know, there are, there are leagues that draft already or are going to be drafting. And, uh, boy, I don't even know from a fantasy football perspective, which is not really in the grand scheme of things really important, but we are talking about fantasy football. I don't know how you really um, – kind of think about his ranges of outcome for the upcoming season. It could be a top 10 quarterback to not playing the game this year. So uh, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's all interesting to see how this thing is going to play out. And the NFL has got to get this right because the, the way it looks is that Cleveland, I don't think did their due diligence no. uh, with this contract with all of that guaranteed money. And, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how how it's going to play out. I mean, to your point, I, he's going to miss some time. It's just a matter of whether he plays 12 games, eight games, or no games this year. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. And, I, and I'm, at this point, as I sit here today, just given what I'm looking at, I, I, I'm preparing for it in the zero side of things, and it'll have it'll have ramifications across the board. Um, but. You know, we'll talk more about that as time moves on as, and as we learn more. Uh, but what we really want to get to today is, is to talk about three quarterbacks that, that we think uh, are kind of in that make-or-break stage of their career, uh, where they're either in their third or fourth year of their, of their contract, and uh, they're debating their future, and teams are debating whether they're going to move forward with these particular quarterbacks, and, uh, and that's where this one's at, Wiz. So I, I think the one that we'll kind of start this off with, Wiz, is, is – is, Tua Tagovailoa of, of the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, a player that you know came into the NFL uh, with some question marks around him because of his health situation uh, after the injury in his senior year of college, uh, and now he walks into a situation here in Miami where number one, the Dolphins are are, are kind of on the way up. Uh, they are they have made a number of changes in the off season at the skill position uh, skill positions uh, running back uh, they're extremely deep at the running back position uh, they've added speed with Tyreek Hill uh, and, and Cedric Wilson coming here as receivers and that's on top of uh, an outstanding rookie season last year from Jalen Waddle and a terrific tight end in Mike Kosicki so and, and also a team that's invested in their offensive line over the last couple of years as well so you know Tua has been a guy that um, you know I think at times at the early part of 
his NFL career has really not been that impressive and that, you know, the arm strength has not quite been there. Maybe that's still the residual effect of his, of his health. Uh, he really hasn't put up those kind of big passer numbers at this point in time. And, and maybe that's a byproduct of the offense that was being run beforehand. Um, but a quarterback that I think, you know, when I look at most drafts, Wiz, I see him outside of like the top 13, 15 you know that's where he starts to come into the conversation. Uh, so that so this is the guy that we're kind of kind of start off with. I, I would say this, you know, coming into this, I come with a bias, and I'm I'm kind of a to a naysayer, if you will. I was a naysayer on him coming out of the NFL, coming out of college, and and into the NFL, where I wasn't super excited about the arm strength and and what I saw. And you kind of have a little bit different impression of him, and, and maybe that that kind of, uh, you know, I don't know if that completely. Uh, is affecting your thinking on the player kind of coming into the draft. Maybe you want to see some 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 of what he has in, in terms of uh, pre preseason workouts and and maybe if we see a glimpse of him in uh, in the preseason. But but I come in with some skepticism. I think you come in with a little bit of optimism. So that, that's the player we're going to kind of start off with. Yeah, I, I think I'm a lot higher on the player than you are. <clears throat> uh, I mean, I think. You know, if you if you didn't like Tua coming out of college, you probably stand. You know, stance hasn't changed. And if you like him, like I do, you see reasons why you should like him more this year. Um, look, it's been tough coming to the into the NFL with under under the COVID, which was kind of like what was going on in his rookie year. Then last year, um, you know, there was he still. I think being another year removed from the injuries is going to help him. Um, he had a defensive-minded coach. Now you bring in Mike McDaniel. Um, you're an offensive innovator. We've seen this work several times over the last couple of years uh, with coaches in Green Bay and, and the Rams. And uh, we'll see how it plays out with the Vikings. But we've seen where these young coaches come along with these quarterbacks and it really helps them. And uh, I think that um, the offensive line, I believe has gotten better. And then, you know, you're talking about two receivers with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And then you add Cedric Wilson to the mix. And uh, as you mentioned, Gesicki and some good running backs. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, look, I'm not saying true tackle Valoa is a quarterback one top 10 or 12 guy, but I think if you're in a super flex league, where you're drafting two quarterbacks and starting two quarterbacks every week. I, I really, you know, I'm okay with him as my second quarterback. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But look, the Dolphins have done some things here in preparation, right? They've tried to set him up for success. They got Teddy Bridgewater to kind of bridge the gap. No pun intended. They're a play on words. If 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 two you know doesn't play well this year or gets hurt, uh, they had they drafted Skylar Thompson, um, a young quarterback that they they that has looked good so far. So there are wide ranges of outcome for Tua, but they are certainly preparing him and 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 setting him up for success with the moves personnel and the coaching staff changes, I believe. Yeah, so I'd say a couple of things on, on, on some of the things you mentioned. Uh, you know, they have they have set him up well, and I think, you know, we talked about this previously, you know, bringing in, bringing in Armstead from New Orleans at the left tackle position is further further helping a situation. And again, I know he's a left-handed quarterback, okay? So I, I don't want to get too crazy with that, but nonetheless, he will strengthen that offensive line. I think the second point you make about kind of the direction of the league and, and where some of these younger offensive minds 
Lions uh, are going. And, and they also, in addition to bringing in McDaniel at the head coaching spot, they have a new offensive coordinator uh, um, in, in Frank Smith, who spent time with the Chargers last year. Uh, he's been, I think he's also been with the Bears, and I, and I think he's been with the Rams as well. Um, so, and I think, you know, the fact that you mentioned that the, the direction of the NFL, these younger coaches, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And it's funny that you all, because one of the other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about kind of falls into this same spot where you have a pretty conservative, you know, coming from that Belichick tree, there's a little bit of conservative nature from, from these Belichick guys uh, when, they, when they move on to head coaching positions. We saw it with, with um, uh, what's his name, the defensive coordinator that went to Detroit. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Joe Judge with the Giants and... Um, and uh, Matt, uh, what's his name? Matt... Uh, <laughs> It's slipping my mind right now. He's back with New England. Matt Patricia, Patricia sorry. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. So I think we've kind of seen this. Is is kind of been uh, there? There is uh, there. There are definitely uh, comparisons to the situation. So 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 I like kind of the direction that you're going in. Uh, I, I agree with you 100 percent in that I would be comfortable with him as a second quarterback if you're in one of these superflex leagues, and we're not talking about a number one quarterback here. I, I, I will say that that. The upside is very high given what they've added. So, you know, Tua could definitely surprise. Do you, do you agree with me in that he starts coming into, uh, in terms of rankings, he's kind of outside the top 15? Is that, uh, do you agree with that statement? Yeah, I think, I think there are guys that are more reliable and, uh, you know, guys that are just, just a, you know, a little bit more experienced and, and, a, and a steadier range of outcome, I believe. Uh, but he's, you know, after that, you know, I think he's a guy that has the upside and, um, some of it is due to the coaching staff. Some of it is due to the fact that I think he hasn't really shown what he's capable of. And some of it is due to the fact that their offensive uh, players and especially the skill positions are, uh, very, very talented. So a lot of reasons to be optimistic if you were optimistic coming into the season on two to begin with, which I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's all very fair. And then, you know, we were talking about Joe judge and the giants. So, so let's slide to the next quarterback that we want to talk about. And that's Daniel Jones, who, uh, you know, had this very promising rookie year, um, 24 touchdowns as a rookie. He actually had five or six games that he had 300 yards. And I want to actually say from a fantasy perspective, Per start in Daniel Jones' rookie year, I think he was like number two or number three guy in terms of fantasy production per, per year, uh, per, per game, excuse me. Uh, and then that came to a screeching halt. Uh, you know, we knew about the fumble problems, right? Uh, but he had 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, and the 300-yard games have disappeared. Only once when, since Joe Judge took over. Joe Judge is now gone. Enter Brian Dable. Um, so it, there will be a completely different uh, offensive philosophy here. The Giants have continued to work on m- making their offensive line better. That's back-to-back draft choices uh, You know, at the offensive line position. Uh, so, so they want to get better there. Uh, you know, I'm not about to suggest that we're going to see the second coming of Josh Allen here. I think they're different types of players. Uh, Daniel Jones has ability to run the football. We've seen that before. So, you know, with Brian Dable, he should be able to work that into his offensive scheme. Um, I think the Giants certainly have some 
talent at the skill set positions, uh, especially at the receiver. Kenny Galladay, a guy that you and I both loved at the start of his career, but battled injuries last year. It did not work out particularly well. They drafted Tony. Uh, they still have Slayton. They still have Sterling Shepard. Shepard continuing to work his way back from injury. Uh, there will be a complete change at the tight end position uh, with Ricky Seals-Jones and uh, my boy Jordan Akins at tight end now with Evan Ingram moving on to Jacksonville. And, of course, Saquon Barkley is at the running back position here and they've backed him up with the Matt Breida now so so again was you know Daniel Jones a quarterback again maybe excited a bunch of people I know you were down on him in the first year of Joe Judge's uh, tenure and you and I were both completely down on the Giants last year to the point that they were untouchable from a fantasy perspective uh, so new year new coach uh, some similar pieces on the offensive side what is your thought process about Daniel Jones coming into this season so as I, you know, alluded to the last couple of years on this podcast, I'm not a big Dan, Daniel Jones fan. Um, I think he has a lot of issues that he's corrected a little, somewhat, but they're still there. Um, his ball security, his um, understanding of and feel of pressure in the pocket is below average. If his first read isn't there, I mean, it's very, very good when the first read is there. He gets rid of the ball quickly. But when it's not there, there are a lot of mistakes. That said, Daniel Jones has a lot of built-in excuses why he hasn't succeeded. And there are a lot of reasons, I think, where you could have optimism for the player. So this is Daniel Jones' fourth year in the NFL, entering his fourth year. This will be his third head coach. Uh, Pat Shermer was the coach that drafted him, then then Joe Judge, and now, as you mentioned, Brian Dable entered the picture. The one player that needs to stay on the field for him to really be successful and take pressure off him is Saquon Barkley. Well, Saquon Barkley has played in 28 games out of a potential 49 games in the three years that Daniel Jones has been quarterback. That's not good. The offensive line has not been good. Their receivers have had difficulty staying on the field. There's been a lot of change in wide receiver, all things that make it very, very, very difficult for a young quarterback. Now you have the best offensive mind at head coach helping him along. If, if Saquon Barkley could stay on the field, Evan Neal is a very, very polished tackle um, who's going to help Daniel Jones as far as pass protection goes. Um and if the wide receivers could stay on the field, it'll help him. Now, those are a lot of ifs, but if those ifs happen, um, I think Daniel Jones can have his best year considering all of those things. But if Saquon Barkley doesn't stay on the field and help him out, if those receivers aren't able to stay on the field, if, he, if, he's not, if, the, if the offensive line doesn't hold up in pass protection, it's going to be another down year, even if it's Brian Dable, a guy with a good offensive mind as head coach. So I think Daniel Jones has some built-in excuses. I think he can have his best year. Uh, but there are a lot of question marks. And um, as far as I'm concerned, it's difficult not to take the wait-and-see approach as far as all-skilled position players on the Giants. Yeah, and I, you know, again, you know, you look at Galladay missed time last year, right? And what, did Galladay actually? Uh, there was a time last year where he had zero touchdowns. Did he finish with zero touchdowns last year? He might have. 
he may have finished with zero touchdowns, but he, you know, he was great with Stafford with that 50-50 ball. Daniel Jones doesn't throw that type of pass. So I, I, I didn't like that contract. I didn't like that signing. I didn't think that was going to be a good fit. And, um, you know, Tony is another guy that has shown flashes of just, wow, he could be electric if he could stay on the field. But um, it's difficult when you have a bunch of young players at quarterback and receiver trying to grow together and there's no continuity because they can't stay on the field. And then you add in changes after changes, head coach and the offensive line isn't on the field and Barkley. So there's a lot of things that need to take place for Daniel Jones to be successful. But I think they are in place if they could stay on the field. But, you know, you never could forecast these type of things, especially when it comes to injuries yeah very very difficult very very difficult and you know i did mention you know like you look at it with you know five or six 300 yard games in his rookie year won the last two years right and he went from 24 touchdowns he didn't even have 24 touchdowns combined the last two years so it's a player that took a big step back i agree with you that a lot of the conditions in place weren't exactly were not conducive to being giving him a chance to succeed uh I, I think if he gets those players on the field and given the situation that he's in, you know, I do wonder, I do wonder how much, uh, given that Josh Allen ran the ball as much as he did, and I'm not suggesting they're similar, but, you know, we've seen before that uh, Daniel Jones can make a difference in a game with his legs. And, you know, it, it, I think his rookie year he ran for, I want to say he ran for over 400 yards or actually no that way. He actually ran for 400 yards in his second year, but but I think you could see if this player running for 400 yards in this offense uh taking some of the heat off of Barkley uh and hopefully he does have Barkley on the field and he does have those receivers more more than he has uh had in the past. Well, the Giants did not exercise their option as far as Daniel Jones for 2023 season. So, um this is more than just a situation between Daniel Jones and the Giants. This is like, is Daniel Jones going to get a second contract as a starter with some other team if he parts ways with the Giants? You know, this is going to be, you know, the, the, the heading of this of this podcast is really make or break year. And boy, is this a make or break year for Daniel Jones, I believe. Yeah, and I think we should add, too, uh, it's not exactly, uh, he's not exactly looking behind him at a quarterback that doesn't have some ability to win in the NFL as a quarterback. And Tyrod Taylor is the backup for the Giants this year. And look, you know, at the end of the day, the Giants have been an extremely disappointing franchise for a number of years, starting each season off with two, three losses to start the season, you know, immediately uh, vanquishing any opportunity to, to you know, be excited for the Giants making a playoff run. So, um, again, not you know a guy like Tyrod Taylor has proven himself in the NFL before, and I think if Daniel Jones doesn't show uh, that he's capable of winning games early in the season, uh, he'll be yanked very quickly. Uh, given the fact that the Giants have not, uh, you know, basically wrapped him up in a contract at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the Giants could be going in a completely new direction next year. They could be drafting a quarterback in the first round, <clears throat> depending on how this season goes. But when you're in the type of division that the Giants are in right now expectations are that they can win the division. So um, it's not like they're in a division with the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and, uh, you know, and Raiders. <laughs> this is, you know, if not the worst division in football, is right up there. And um, you have to go into the season thinking that you can win the division. So 
a crucial, crucial year for the career um, of Daniel Jones. Yeah, so let, let's stay in the division, and uh, we're going to stay with the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, last year, Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, I think he's. I own Jalen Hurts in one in one league last year, Wiz. And let me tell you something. Uh, a number of times at the end of uh, the second quarter, uh, I, I was questioning why I had this player in the starting lineup. And uh, somehow we would find a way to get things done in the second half. A lot of times it was with his legs, over 700 yards rushing and 10 rushing touchdowns, uh, which definitely gives the player a step up. He had 16 touchdowns last year, 10 interceptions. Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew is the backup uh, to Jalen Hurts in this league, uh, in this on this team. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles made a number of changes to improve this team. I think this is a much better team this year coming into the season. Uh, you have a rookie coach that has one year, well, well he was a rookie last year as a coach, but he's got one year behind him now. So, you know, I think a little bit more of knowing what to expect from Mr. Sirianni. I think the biggest noise of the draft day, in my opinion, was the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles were able to bring A.J. Brown onto this team and add him to Devonta Smith and a very talented tight end. In, in Dallas Goddard, you know, it's a solid offensive line. If they can stay healthy, a veteran offensive line. The Eagles, I think, have made a number of changes that can improve their football team. And the question is whether Jalen Hurts is going to be the player uh, that's going to be leading this team for a few years to come, Wiz. Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is the definition of a better fantasy quarterback than he is an NFL quarterback. Um, he puts up good numbers, yeah, because of his rushing yards. He get rushing touchdowns. All of that, but in that playoff game, when they were trailing behind Tampa Bay, the percentages when you started watching the game of them coming back were zero. Um, and that's the question mark about a player like that. It's the same thing that's true with Lamar Jackson. Even though he was the MVP of the league, can you can they win a game if they're down by you know, 10 points in the fourth quarter in a playoff game. If they're down by four points on the last drive of the game, I mean, what's your level of confidence? I mean, these are, you know, hurdles that even Lamar Jackson has to get over. And, you know, the Eagles did something a little interesting. Aside from that A.J. Brown trade, they they made that trade with the Saints where um, – they 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 traded their first round pick this year to keep to get their the Saints first round pick for next year, which leads you to believe that the line is in the sand for Jalen Hurts this year, and the Eagles will draft a quarterback next year. They have Carson Strong in their quarterback room this year, and one of the ranges of outcome, in my opinion, is that Carson Strong. Is he the starter in 2023 or ends up starting some games this year for the Eagles? Um, there's a lot of pressure. In a lot of people, minds of a lot of people, the Eagles are now the favorite to win the NFCs. And I think that's not wrong. I think they're, they're probably a slight edge over the Cowboys considering what's happened with both teams in the offseason. So there's a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts and – can he be a top 10 fantasy quarterback? Yes. Can he be the type of quarterback where, you know, it doesn't work out and the Eagles looking for a quarterback next year? Yes. Or is Carson Strong take over next year? Yeah. All of those possibilities are true. And this is why we, you know, we're discussing this. This is another player on another team in just a make or break year where like the Eagles are going to make a decision where, you know, we're going to, we're going to want to give him a second contract 
or with a very, very strong quarterback class coming up in 2023, the Eagles are going to either look for a quarterback or give Carson Strong uh, from Nevada, a quarterback who I like, a chance to to win that job. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you, and I think that was an interesting trade. You know, the fact that they maintain that, you know, that that getting that getting that number one pick for next year uh, shows you there's some forward thinking there. I I do also agree with the statement: better fantasy quarterback than a real life quarterback. Maybe, maybe that changes a little bit last year, but I think the one difference with Jalen Hurts when I look at kind of. Uh, what people are talking about in terms of preseason rankings in, in a number of preseason rankings, uh, Jalen Hurts is actually considered a top 10 quarterback as opposed to Daniel Jones and Tua Tagovailoa. Would you, well, do you agree with that statement? Because that's certainly the way it looks to me. Uh, and, and again, a lot of that predicated on what he does with his legs. And maybe some of that is also predicated to the fact that AJ Brown is now uh, a, a member of his receiving core. Yeah. All of the above. Um, they're in a, you know, a pretty weak division. He has AJ Brown. He brings the di- the di- dynamic of, of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And let's, and let's not forget the, the most important reason why he's clearly above the other guys and inside the top 10, the Eagles probably have the best line in football. Um, so all of those things are, are, are good reasons to drive Jalen, you know, hurts, but, the problem is if they don't advance and win the division, make the playoffs, and win a playoff game or two, um, I just feel it's going to count as a disappointing season, and the Eagles may look in another direction because you know the fantasy results may be there, and that's the most important thing to the people that are listening to us, and it's you know to you and I as well. But how it works out, and you have a pressure on a quarterback with he knows that you know what's on the line for him this season, he is certainly in, in my view, a make a break year. Yeah. And, and, and did you own him in any league last year? Wiz? I'm curious. I do not own him in any league. Yeah. So I, and I, I just owned him in one, but I, but I can tell you how many times that happened. I think you probably know this just from obviously all, all the football that you do watch, but you know, there was so many games last year where he was throwing up a clunker into the half and, and he just somehow was able to resurrect that in the second half. Yeah, well, the Eagles found themselves in some strange games where they were trailing, even against teams that they they probably should have, you know, beaten easily. They were trailing, and he was getting a lot of garbage time yards. And um, I remember Blake Bortles doing that too one time, and his career didn't pan out too well. So, yeah, it did last year. And there are a lot of things to like about Jalen Hurts. the fact that they got A.G. Brown, the fact that their offensive line is so good, the fact that he's a willing runner and will have rushing touchdowns. Uh, a lot of reasons to like him, but expectations are high now. They're high for the team, they're high for the player, um, and that added pressure can go one of two ways. And uh, I'm not quite sure which way it's going to go, but he is certainly in a situation that I would categorize uh, as a make-or-break year. Yeah, I'm just curious. It's just sitting here thinking, because I, I do remember uh, one start in particular last year that Minshew had where he had an unbelievable game. Uh, could you employ a strategy, perhaps, um, in, a, in a non-Superflex league where you know maybe you think about drafting Jalen Hurts and you also back him up with Gardner Minshew being one of the more capable backups in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, you know, Minshew's a better passer, I believe. You know, he doesn't bring the running, obviously, that Jalen Hurts does. So, 
Um, you know, just just the situation of Jalen Hurts being a third-year player, um, this is just a very, very crucial time because the Eagles are all in. They are all in with these off-season things that they've done, trading picks, um, and, and you know, they're going to take a real long, hard look at Jalen Hurts and see if he's the quarterback that they believe that can lead them to a championship or if they feel in a strong quarterback class they're going to trade maybe those two first-round picks and try and either get a C.J. Stroud or a, uh, or a Bryce Young from Alabama. Yep. Yep, that's uh, so. Those are the three quarterbacks that we chose. With I just just curious. I mean, a uh, couple other guys that we kind of mulled over, maybe talking about in different situations. Ryan Tannehill, who had a bad year last year, who lost AJ Brown and has Malik Willis to contend with now. Um, that's one situation, and, and and maybe Trubisky, who certainly was not helped by the lousy coaching staff. With the Chicago Bears, he spent the year uh, backing up Josh Allen last year, and now gets an opportunity with Pittsburgh to be the number one quarterback with a, with a rookie behind him and Kenny in uh, Kenny Pickett. So those are two other guys that we kind of mold, but we thought the situations for those two players in particular was was a little bit different than you know the players that we described. Yeah, you know, just because uh, you know the age with with uh, Tannehill, he's going to be thirty four. Before the season starts, I envision honestly, Tannehill kind of having an end of career the way Ryan Fitzpatrick did, where he's a reliable backup and could be a spot starter. Uh, but I'm just looking at the situation with Tennessee. They lose their most explosive player, Derrick Henry. I'm worried with all of these carries over the years, uh, missed time last year. That's going to go in the wrong direction. You know, you have your number one receiver uh, as you know, the rookie that you traded for, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Then the other receiver, Robert Woods, coming off such a, a bad injury. Um, so they're paying Ryan Tannehill a lot of money, close to $30 million this year and next year. Um, so I could see it just going the wrong way for Tannehill and, and, and the Titans just due to all of those factors and um He's one of the guys that I just think his time as a starter in the NFL could be winding down, especially with the Titans drafting Malik Willis. Yeah, I think very well said. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this uh, podcast, Wiz Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to keep doing you know, stuff each and every week. Uh, sometimes there'll be a couple coming out, but uh, I think we're going to talk about the running back position next, and then uh, we have some yeah, other I think I yeah, I think we're going to try and break down for everyone like the most difficult running back situations. Uh, you know, we've talked about a few of them um, when we've talked uh, privately. And, I, yeah, I think we're going to try and help people break them down because, wow, some of these, like the Dolphins or uh, running back situation, are a real brain buster. Absolutely. And uh, just to make sure, we are on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Wiz, outstanding job as always. Look forward to catching up again in a couple of days and uh, enjoy. See you later. You got it.